Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast, where we discuss HR best practices, hot topics, strategy, and employment law changes that affect small business. I'm your host, Brandon Laws of Zenium HR. Our website is www.zeniumhr.com, where you can follow us, read articles, listen to our recent podcasts, or contact us. Thanks for listening and enjoy the topic in this episode. I would like to welcome Susie Alligate to the program today. Susie is the Director of Training and Development at Zenium and has 17 years of experience in various aspects of HR. Welcome, Susie. Thank you. So today we're actually going to discuss a topic on performance management, which fortunately and conveniently Susie just presented to a group of HR professionals yesterday. Susie, let's kind of simplify things in in a broad sense. What are the purposes of managing performance in the workplace? Well, ultimately, um, the main purpose is to align individual and even team contributions with the company's overall business objective. So that involves communicating expectations, setting goals that are linked to those business outcomes that you're trying to achieve, and participating in coaching and activities that motivate and engage employees to be productive and even improve their performance. A couple of things that I just heard you said, improve performance, engagement, are those some of the benefits? And then on the downside of things, are there any risks involved? Yeah, well, certainly there have been uh, there's been research and studies, you know, done by Gallup and Watson Wyatt and their Work USA study that indicate a direct linkage between engagement and engageable activities such as uh, performance management, and that ultimately has been linked to productivity and the organization's financial success. So certainly if a company has a process in place to ensure that managers are clear on the business objectives and they have the ability to provide line of sight to their employees in terms of clearly communicating what their individual role is in contributing to that larger goal. And then there's ongoing coaching and feedback Um, to help measure and track and and guide people to those goals, then ultimately businesses have a a larger rate of success in in meeting their goals and being successful. On the other hand, as you mentioned, there could be potential risks. So if managers are not trained on uh, good performance management skills, especially some of those coaching and uh, communication skills that are critical, but also just having the, the insight and the knowledge of the company's vision and business plan and objectives. If the managers don't have the ability to um, set those expectations and goals uh, with their employees, then they're less likely to be successful. Conceptually, performance management and just managing performance kind of throughout makes total sense, but does it, is this something that should be completely structured in an organization? So if you have even a small or mid-sized company, is it something that you need to develop a system or a program around, or is it something that you just know you got to do? Yeah, I think the degree of structure depends on the size of company, and it needs to be something that's 
practical for the organization and that the employees and the managers are going to be able to buy into and really um, see the value and benefit of. So having a process in place is important. The depth or degree of detail associated with that process will, will likely vary. But I will say there should be some process in place for providing frequent feedback, so where the managers are providing feedback you know, at least monthly, whether it's positive or constructive regarding their employees' performance. Um, so providing the managers with some training and, tool, and tools how to do that effectively, um, as well as some structure around measuring performance, um, setting goals, and tracking and following up on employee progress towards those goals. So if a performance management system, as you're, you're describing it, is developed by HR or as maybe the leadership group within an organization, have you found any challenges on at the manager level that they run across and kind of really live through that development process? Well, it all starts with senior leadership. So if they're, the senior leaders of the organization do not value performance management and see the link between engaging the employees in their development and their performance and um, having a, a process to set goals and, and track and provide feedback on performance, then it's certainly not going to be embraced by managers. And I've seen a couple of circumstance, circumstances with clients that we've worked with where the managers are not very motivated about doing performance reviews or management with their employees because they themselves have never received a performance review and so therefore they're not feeling engaged and the message whether it's intentional or not by uh, the senior leaders is that it's not valued you know that's obviously a potential barrier or challenge for implementing a process um, and then other barriers or, or challenges are just having a process that really fits your organization and the positions that you, you know, the managers manage and, and having it be user-friendly and simple and easy to use and really relevant for their business. So I guess I'll, I can say too, I'll back up when you were asking about what type of process you should you should have or to what degree. I mean, there should be at least uh, an annual review process, so an opportunity to sit down for the manager and the employee to sit down and discuss how their current performance is in terms of meeting expectations, exceeding or requiring improvement, and then some, some goals established around those things. Um, and then there should be a discussion uh, at that point around setting some goals regarding future development opportunities. And those development opportunities are going to be based on the business needs. So what skills and talents does the business require now and then also in the future? And also considering the employee's career aspirations. So anytime you can find a, a marriage between what that person uh, the individual is passionate about and interested in doing longer term and what the business needs, that's a prime opportunity for developing some goals and a development plan, so to speak, around that. 
And how much of the performance management process is really about a manager coaching an employee? Mm-hmm. Is that a huge part of the process? I would say it's a significant part of the process. And what does that look like from a, just kind of a hands-on and coaching standpoint? Yeah. So performance management requires planning and goal setting and, and setting expectations. But the real piece that actually... Um, gets missed often because many managers are working managers and uh, struggle with finding time to do those proactive coaching activities, which are again those engageable moments that we talked about. But uh, it's that ongoing check-ins, whether they're informal or they're a structured one-on-one meeting once a month or at minimum once a quarter. Um, It's that ongoing feedback and tracking that often gets uh, pushed aside because of other competing priorities that the managers have. That's really, next to the planning and goal setting, one of the most important aspects of performance management because certainly we know that performance management is an ongoing cycle and it's not isolated to just an annual review. Yeah, and I imagine a big part of this is the, the feedback, the constant feedback to employees from a, from a manager. Mm-hmm. What kind of feedback can you give if there's any specific types? Certainly, feedback falls generally in two buckets. You know, it's either positive um, and intended to reinforce good performance or behavior, and that could include even uh, recognition or even potential reward. Um, but basically, that's that that positive reinforcement, that praise, that appreciation, that is going to influence and motivate you know, c- continued uh, performance, good, positive performance. And then the second piece is, as equally as important, is constructive feedback. And constructive feedback, obviously, is providing some recommendations regarding behavior that may not be meeting expectations or that is undesired and, you know, clarifying what is the desired behavior and what changes need to be made and offering resources and support for that individual and of course holding them accountable. When when thinking about performance management, just at the top of my head I'm thinking, okay, you build a system and then roll it out to everybody, but your performance levels amongst employees are probably a little different. Meaning, here's an example, a top performing employee and you have a low low performing employee. What is performance management like for those two groups? Well, certainly you want to find opportunities to give all employees both positive and constructive feedback. So in the case of a high achiever or your top percentage of performers that are performing at a very high level, you want to make sure that you are still providing those folks with consistent feedback and you're not forgetting to challenge them with some constructive feedback or helping identify some opportunities to help them hone or further develop their skills. Because generally those type of people who are uh, self-motivated, driven, high achievers, they like to be challenged. And if they don't feel like there's challenge, challenge present in their job anymore or they don't know what the next step is, then they're likely to look for it elsewhere. So, you know, make sure that you're clear on what motivates those individuals, what's important to them, 
um, continually challenge them, provide them with maybe a little bit more aggressive compensation than some of your at target or obviously below target performing employees so that you retain that talent. Um, and then with those that are meeting expectations, um, I would you know continue to provide ongoing feedback, make sure that you're clarifying expectations, asking questions and understanding the, the motivation or, or root behind their performance. So for example, if they're um, having some challenges or not strong in certain areas of their performance, really delving into it and finding out is it an issue of them not being motivated or committed or is it an issue of them not feeling confident or needing more resources so that you can really you know, address those specific concerns and, and provide those folks with that coaching and tools and support that they need to even increase their performance. Let's switch gears a little bit. Let's go to the performance review, which you mentioned earlier. And this is one piece of the performance management process. How much of really the development process with an employee is achieved through the performance review? I would say I would compare the performance, the annual review process to your annual or strategic planning that you do in your business. So hopefully you've been focused on and tracking your goals and initiatives you know, throughout the year, ensuring that you're successful, but it's an opportunity to reflect on the past year, uh, what went well, what lessons were learned, and really do that planning for the next year or the next review period in terms of what are you know the opportunities for improvement with regard to their current performance what are the opportunities for development with regard to uh, options for promotion or what that individual employee aspires to do with a company and really setting a formal plan or goals around what the business needs and, and what that employee wants to accomplish is the performance review, and you mentioned the annual, that's what I heard you say, is it pretty typical amongst employers that it's an annual review, not like a six-month or 90 days upon, uh, I guess, first employment? 90 days is what I've, I've heard in the past. But what do you find employers doing? Yeah, I find typically most employers, when they're looking at a formal review, when they're doing you know um, an overall assessment that may include peer feedback, um, as well as development uh, goals that is very frequently annually. And then often companies will do, if they, especially if they have a uh, introductory or training period around 90 days, they'll do uh, a review that's less formal than an a annual review, but it's an opportunity to really sit down and formally check in with the individual and ensure that they're they're at a place that they should be at that stage in their employment. And then other companies, you know, have quarterly goals that they set with their employees that are tied to incentives, compensation incentives. So they may set quarterly goals and review those more frequently. So it just really depends um, a lot on, on what the business outcomes are 
they're trying to achieve and how they may be tied to compensation. One of the things we were talking about earlier was the positive and constructive feedback. And I'm, I'm curious, let's say as a manager, I'm, I'm working with an employee and I have, I've, over time, I've, I've figured out what sort of feedback I need to give to them. But is this something that I should just, at the annual review, just, here you go, here's a bunch of feedback, or is it something that's, that needs to be really throughout the, the, the year and yeah. when it happens? Yes, well, definitely feedback that is timely is more meaningful, right? Because especially when you're talking about behavior, giving feedback regarding behavior, as opposed to maybe more objective data, such as production, sales, data for example when you're you're trying to clarify or communicate expectations around behavior it's really important to provide specific examples and being timely with that communication is critical so the employee can really understand okay here's what I've been doing that I understand is not effective um, and how that impacts the business as opposed to, here's another way to approach the situation or modify my behavior. So that's a, a real important reason to be timely and specific with your feedback. I can speak personally to that. I mean, I, I've had many performance reviews over the course of my career, and when you get the, the annual feedback, it's more kind of broad. It's not necessarily specific. And so, I mean, I could either get peer feedback from coworkers or uh, manager feedback, and it's just tends to be broad. And it's not specific to any situation, so it's hard for me to relate to that specific uh, piece of feedback to a yeah. situation. And so the, the timeliness of feedback is so important because it's tied to a situation that's fresh in your mind. Right. It's something that you can work on. Right. I think it's your point. Yeah, and it, it, it increases the chances um, of that person being able to change their behavior because there's a little bit more awareness around it at the time and then the more frequently the manager can proactively find those opportunities when they see them in the moment um, and provide the feedback the the greater the opportunity to change behavior and then back to your point about saving up feedback till the formal annual review period I mean really if you're doing performance management correctly and effectively there's really no surprises. There shouldn't be, ideally, any surprises <laughs> for the employee at their annual review because these are conversations that you've been having all along, right? So not only is it just an opportunity to look forward and do that planning, as I talked about before, and development, but it's uh, less work for the manager, too, because they've been doing it all along and they don't have to sit and think okay I've got to do my reviews I got to think back about how the year went and what this person did and how what are their strengths and where can they improve and try and think up okay what's an example I can offer for that feedback it seems to me like the main component of a performance review should be looking at past goals and maybe some specific mm-hmm. examples of how they achieved that goal or didn't achieve and then planning some new goals and that way it's really the high level strategic part of uh, planning the year for that employee so mm-hmm. yeah good um, what to, in your mind what are the main components of a performance review usually what what I see and what I feel is effective is to have some performance criteria 
that, that's vital to that particular job. And it should be job specific. So, you know, if you boil it down to no more than five, the top five competencies or performance uh, factors that are critical to that particular position. So the top five things that, you know, you can describe what success looks like for that position. And, and that's what you're really going to be measuring that person's performance against. So having some job competencies that are specific, it is more and more frequent now for companies to have a values behavior piece to their review where they have, for example, core competencies that apply to all positions within the organization that are aligned with the organization's values. So, you know, what are the behaviors that ideally people are, are performing that contribute to that company's values? Um, because we know that just posting a piece of paper about the company values on the wall is not necessarily going to develop that culture. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. you need to make sure that your, you know, your HR programs, such as your hiring, your onboarding, and your performance management, is, um, you know, designed to measure and hold folks accountable to those value behaviors that you're trying to achieve. The other pieces that I've also heard with a performance review, I've heard a self-review, a manager review, mm -hmm. and peer review. Are those pretty common amongst other employers? You know, it really depends. Um, you know, typically when we see uh, peer reviews um, or 360, which is the more the traditional term where feedback is uh, obtained from all levels of the organization as well as even customers. That is typically more common, at least that we've seen here, with higher level positions such as uh, management leadership or even executive leadership positions because it's a pretty detailed, lengthy process to gather all that feedback and compile it and put it into um, a format that can be presented well for the review. So, and a lot of times, uh, a third party is brought in to help facilitate that process based on the objectivity and just experience. Typically, a review involves some, you know, uh, review of goals, right, from the past review period, some evaluation of current performance as it relates to the competencies or the, the performance expectations for that particular position and then some future goal setting. And the, the length and detail can obviously vary by company or by position. Where does compensation play a role in all of this? Is, is compensation reviewed at the, the performance review, the annual, or is it a totally separate review? Yeah, um, again, it varies, but typically uh, compensation reviews are conducted annually. For, for companies who have, you know, a process in place. And while there is a link from performance to compensation, in other words, how an employee performed in terms of meeting or exceeding expectations has bearing on uh, merit increases, that is common. However, the compensation review discussion 
is not necessarily conducted during the performance review meeting. I guess the performance review meeting is really meant to be more focused on engaging that person in their development and their performance as opposed to an opportunity to talk about their wage or their compensation. So typically they're they're conducted both annually and around the same period of time often, sometimes because of the fiscal year and the budget and the planning. Um, you know, merit increases are, are given out at a certain time of year, and so they may have a, a focal point of conducting performance reviews uh, shortly before that, but it just depends on the organization. Our guest today has been Susie Alligood of Zenium. Thanks for being part of the program. Sure. Thank you. This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources, Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email info at zeniumhr.com. Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only and not personal advice. Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.